So whether you're a CEO or an hourly paid rep or a sales rep or even the business owner, you're operating, you're recognizing that you're not in charge, that it's not your own. God is in charge here. So there's a sense of humility that needs to take over here. And we all have pride and ego, and that can be that can be a lot to deal with. But if we can constantly recognize that we are doing this for others on behalf of God, it's not us that owns anything, but it's God that owns everything. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And today I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about leadership today. And a lot of you guys have heard of this concept of servant leadership. Jesus has often been referred to as a servant leader. And actually this month within the King's Council coaching program, we're we're talking heavily on the topic of money which always in my heart comes back to stewardship. I was thinking about, okay, how do I how do I steward and how do I best lead my companies? And it, it brought up this concept of not necessarily servant leadership, but but more of this concept of a steward leadership. And I'm going to break this down for you guys today, but I want you to walk through this with me on understanding principles of a true biblical stewardship and how that relates into leadership and how we can best become the best steward leaders as we lead our companies, as we lead our families, as we just lead, because we are all called to lead. If you're listening to this, you are a leader. God has called you to lead. And so if as we walk through this again, let's get down to the basics of stewardship. What do we know about stewardship? And some basic principles, obviously, we know that God owns everything. And even in Psalms, the psalmist begins in the 24th Psalm with the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live 
in it. In the beginning of Genesis, God created everything and he put Adam in the garden to work it and obviously take care of it. So it's clear that we were created to work and work is the most basic form of stewardship that we can do. That's the most fundamental principle of biblical stewardship. God owns everything, and we are simply the managers or the administrators on behalf of him. We're acting on his behalf. So there's the principle of ownership, and then there's the responsibility. We know that God owns everything, but we are responsible for how we treat it how we go about it. It certainly starts with our heart as well, but then are we complaining about it? Are we grumbling about it? Or are we taking that responsibility seriously? As stewards, we are responsible for taking what God has given us and multiplying it and duplicating it, replicating it. That's one of the great commissions to go forth and multiply, to take dominion, to subdue this earth. So that is a true form of stewardship as well as taking that responsibility. And then because of that, we have accountability. God's given us the responsibility. Therefore, we have to account for it at some point. And as a steward who manages the possessions of another, we want to take this seriously. One day we are going to have to give an account to him. And just like the servants in the parable of the talents, we're called to give that account of how we administered everything that we've been given. Not just our money, but our time, our abilities, our resources, our our energy, our efforts, the wisdom God's given us, the authority God's given us as leaders. And then obviously, there's certainly the principle of reward as well. Colossians 23 and 24, Paul writes this, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. There's nothing more that I want and desire than for God to one day look down upon me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in the master's happiness. That's right from the parable of the talents. That's our desire. If we can operate, we understand that our reward is not on this earth, but it is certainly in heaven of this responsibility, this accountability of stewardship at the core. It's going to allow us to lead in the way that God wants us to lead as well. So as an entrepreneur, what does this actually look like? How do we lead? How do I truly make an impact with this knowledge, we'll call it? Because remember, knowledge is not power. Knowledge with action, it can be powerful, but we need true understanding, true wisdom here on how to act this out and how to become the leaders that we are called to be. And truthfully, I struggled with this a little bit because part of the reason that I became an entrepreneur was really because I hated the idea of someone else telling me what I had to do, when I had to be somewhere, what I was getting paid, and that that person or individual could put that value on my time. I wanted to be in control. I wanted something that I owned, that I could build. And initially, it was about me, me, me. But to be a true entrepreneur here, a business owner, and then realizing that It's not actually about me because it's not actually mine, that God owns everything. 
All we're doing is simply taking care of it. We're managing it. We're building it. We're developing it. And we are improving it ultimately for him. From the world's perspective, that may seem a little weird, a little counterintuitive or definitely counterculture. So as an entrepreneur, I, I realized that stewardship, it's more about motive. It's not necessarily about the performance. Certainly, we want to succeed, but it's not necessarily about the outcome in itself. It's our heart. It's the motive in which we are operating in. It's, it's really, it's why you do what you do. It comes back to that heart issue. If I'm just doing this because it's mine, then all that really means is that, I mean, I'm kind of a selfish jerk. If I don't really care about anybody else or anything else, if I only care, if I'm going to only steward something well because it's mine, what does that say about us? If it's only about what I can get, what I can do, what does it say about us? Because to be good stewards, we should be operating in excellence, fully understanding, again, God owns everything. What's in your bank account right now is God's. This may be like a, oh, I've heard this over the years. Like I've, I've heard this, but have I ever really grasped it and truly understood what this means? God gives us according to our abilities. And if I'm going to be a good steward, I want to steward so stinking well that he views me as able, as responsible, as available, and as accountable to be able to steward what he has well and to lead others well. So let me ask you guys, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Do you work hard and really just do your best because you're benefiting from it or because you do it ultimately because you, you want to be that good steward? You want to be accountable, not even to somebody else, but ultimately to God. Because by definition, being a steward means that you don't have ownership. You don't possess whatever it is that you're stewarding. It's been given to you. It's a gift. It's something that somebody else has bestowed upon you. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, sometimes, and I'm just as guilty as this, we can get cocky and we can start to think like, this happened because of me. When in all reality, it was God that gave us the ability to do so. None of us are better than anyone else. Some of us may steward our talents better than others or steward our money better than others. But as entrepreneurs, we don't own anything. And as stewards, one of the responsibilities that we have is to lead, to lead others. And I know the reason that God has given me this vision for King's Council is to raise up the leaders, you that are listening to this right now, to instill, to model a leadership mentality of excellence, to raise up more leaders that are going to ultimately raise up more leaders. That's the vision that we have here for King's Council. So as a steward, how do I lead others? How do you lead others? How do you become a steward leader? How do we do this here? Because a servant leader exists to serve team members. And with traditional leadership, or what we may know as being a boss, it's usually the other way around, where the team serves the boss. 
and that you guys all know there's a huge difference between being a boss and a leader. Just because somebody has a title that puts them in an authoritative position does not make them a leader. A steward leader or steward leadership is different. A steward leader cares for the team. They care for the organization as a whole. The actions are done in the interest of growing the organization, the interest of the mission, the vision, the values that are set before them. And then by stewarding them well, by living and leading by example, a steward leader will attract the talent, will attract the people that hold the same values, that value what they value. So as I was like prepping for this and really just thinking through this, I just thought back to like when, when starting King's Council, I had to put, we've got numerous other companies that are still operating. And ultimately, we had to put some people in place that I thought, that I thought, I was incorrect on this, but that I thought had the same mission, had the same vision, had the same values that I had. But I was wrong. I come to find out that I was wrong. And, and this season that I've been in over the last few months has been exhausting. And it's not because I necessarily made the wrong choice or made the wrong decision, but ultimately I had to get back into the driver's seat and lead the way that I once led. When I made the transition of focusing our efforts on the King's Council and the coaching program and raising up the next leaders, I had to put people in place for our other companies to run. Some of them were brilliant people and still are operating in that role very, very well. And then some, they just didn't have the same goals. They didn't have the same vision. They didn't value what we valued. And, and as bosses, sometimes we can think, well, I'm paying these people, so they should be they should take responsibility. I'm giving I'm paying them good money. What else do they want from me, right? So we just tend to throw money. And ultimately, if that person is disengaged, if they're not fully bought into the mission, the vision, and the purpose that you have, they're going to become unproductive. Studies actually show that 60% of workers, 60%, hear me on this, guys, would actually consider leaving a position if they felt that their work wasn't captivating enough. 60%. So if you're leading a team or have a desire to lead a team, listen to this, guys. If you want to create a culture and an environment where people share the same vision, they share the mission and the values, you've got to learn this principle, the principle here of steward leadership. Because steward leaders, we invest in not just the financial component, but we invest in the emotional well-being of our team. Steward leaders care more about the lives and the hearts of their team, more so than the outside walls. It's not just what you can do for me in this business, in this role, but it's what's in it for them long-term. How can we develop them better as a leader, not just to lead your team, but to lead their families? When workers feel valued and they're respected instead of alienated, Okay, or even just reduced to like just a number or a dollar amount that they bring. Amazing things can happen, guys. Synergy can actually happen. When team members actually choose to become stewards because they're so bought into the organization's mission, their values, and the vision that we're heading. Imagine the difference between an employee who takes real pride in a company than one that just is showing up to do their job. 
you know, on their lunch hour, they're sifting through the want ads or excuse me, the job ads on Indeed, Monster.com, whatever it is. Steward leaders run a company like they own it, regardless of their position, full well knowing that they're stewarding it for somebody else. So when I think about this, I want to raise up steward leaders as I lead my company, as I steward our companies, the goal is that I'm raising up the next leaders, the next stewards that are going to take that same mentality. Whether they own the company or not, they are operating it. Because again, even if I own the company, even if you own your company, you don't own the company. God owns everything. And that's the foundational principle of steward leadership. If we can operate in that mentality and have our heart convicted on that, that this is for God, therefore I'm going to do everything in excellence. Not because it's only for what I can get, because some of us don't have the discipline to even do what's best for us. But if we can develop the discipline, the conviction to do what's best for God, how much more are we going to steward this well? So there's five characteristics that I'm going to just quickly go through here for you guys that make up a steward leader. Five characteristics here. First is they recognize that they work on behalf of another. Pretty simple. We've talked about that. A steward has been entrusted with that role. They've been given the resources, the authority, and the power to act on behalf of the one who actually, who they work for. So whether you're a CEO or an hourly paid rep or a sales rep, or even the business owner, you're operating, you're recognizing that you're not in charge, that it's not your own. God is in charge here. So there's a sense of humility that needs to take over here. And we all have pride and ego, and that can be that can be a lot to deal with. But if we can constantly recognize that we are doing this for others on behalf of God, it's not us that owns anything, but it's God that owns everything. So the first principle is recognize that we're working on behalf of someone else. The second one is we're accountable. As steward leaders, we are held accountable for what we do. Just like the parable of the talents, as we talked about, there was an account that they had to give to, right? They had to give an account for what they did with the resources that was given to them. And this is just as important when we're managing people as a a steward leader. We're not simply deciding things on a whim and not thinking about the consequences or the accountability that is gonna take place based upon these decisions. So when we know that we're gonna have to give an account on these decisions, our actions are gonna be different the results are ultimately going to be different because there's an account that they're not just our board of directors, not just your boss or the manager or the owner of the company, but ultimately the account is to God. How did we steward this well? Steward leaders, number three is we work toward long-term goals. We know, knowing that the desires, the values, and the objections of the one that they actually work for, if they are fully understand them, they know them, That's going to allow a steward leader to remain focused on long-term objectives and goals. Their their actions focus on on what's best for the long run, not just the short-term what's in it for me right here and right now, but it's ultimately the long-term goals. Fourth one then is steward leaders recognize their role as a steward. As a steward, they recognize that role is time-bound. Steward leaders aren't attached to the role as being permanent. It's for a season. And as long as they're operating excellence in that season, they're going to be prepared 
to do whatever it is, knowing that God could be preparing them for something else. So they let go of the role itself at hand, and they become a steward for the long term, big picture. So if the time comes where they have to pass the baton, they're happily and willing to do so. So any role that they're given, they give their all to it. They hold it loosely, but it is still tight enough. They have bought into the long-term vision. Ultimately, they serve their purpose in their season, knowing that their calling will find them. The fifth one then, guys, is that steward leaders develop leaders around them by living and leading by example. I mean, this is just so important in this. Just lead by example. There's nothing more disappointing to me than thinking that you're following somebody that is modeling excellence, and then you start to really see the cracks. You start to really see the real person. It's, it's heartbreaking to me because this has happened multiple times in my life, even when I've seeked out mentorship. And it's like, once you finally get into it and you peel back the onion, it's like, ah, it's not really what I wanted. So to lead by example, as a steward leader, we have to lead by example, be intentional about developing other leaders, intentional about developing them, knowing that they're not going to always be the one in that position. Because my goal, like even as leading all of these other companies, my goal is to raise up. I want, I want everybody to rise up. I mean, I would love for everybody within the King's Council to make more money than I've ever even dreamed of personally, just because that's the vision. That's my heart is that if we can get the heart, if we can have your heart, if God can have your heart, what can be done is unimaginable. It's unimaginable. And if we were all to take on this posture of steward leadership, it's contagious. And think about this when you're running your companies too, when your employees if they see you or they see their manager behaving like stewards, they're going to ultimately adopt that same type of attitude. A steward leader, stewardship in itself, it encourages others at all levels to adopt really more pride in their work. And they take on the tasks that are beyond any specific job duty in itself, but they're bought in to the vision, the mission, and the values that you've laid before them. As a steward leader, as a steward leader, it is so important to be the leader that people love to follow. People love to follow a leader that's always real versus a leader that's always right. So become, operate in this heart position of becoming a steward leader. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.